0: You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with hosts Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, episode 399.0001, or how many zeros are we going on this
1: one, guys? I think we'll just roll with it.
0: Roll with it. Got it. I'm joined this week, Seth Miller and uh, Fosma Moon. Gentlemen.
2: Good afternoon. afternoon. I think like most things on our podcast, highly precise with questionable accuracy is really the goal.
0: That's, I mean, that's what I'm aiming for.
1: Ready, fire, aim, <laughs> <laughs> and moderately entertaining along the way. Um,
0: so, Aha is uh, is no longer with us. Uh, pour one out for them.
2: So yeah, this was the ExpressJet uh, branded operations. I guess we're calling it. They're independent operations. The second time they tried that, uh, the last time was in like 20 years ago when Continental cut the Continental Express contract, and it didn't go very well. And this time also
1: didn't go very well. So that was 20 years ago. I don't know. Maybe eighteen, fifteen. How long when was it? 2007? I, 15 I years ago. Like just, I, just I, I don't know. i just like, that was like just surprised it was that long ago. It's
2: been a it's while, just, more than a decade. Wow. Um,
1: yeah, it's so obviously
2: very unfortunate for the folks that are now out of work. I think in some ways there was a lot of them were already out of work. Um, there were, I think the company said it has a list of 1700 furloughed pilots that it considers part of its assets. <laughs> uh, but only about 75 were active. So a bunch of those pilots presumably had already started looking for and finding work elsewhere. But, um, there's uh, an operating certificate that might hold some value, right? If you're, I don't know, Airbon, who was a <laughs> company that was trying to run operations out of what Ontario, California. Yeah. The- well, that's at least where they had their plane, who knows where they're actually trying to run out, but, uh, bought the plane, but never quite got to having an airline. So, um, this would be a fast way to solve that problem. Uh, you know, it's, It's not that surprising to me that Reno wasn't able to deliver the hub sort of leisure traffic demand that they were looking for. uh, Especially when you think about the 50 seaters are a very high cost uh, aircraft relative to their size. Yeah. But uh, they, they also claimed that they were unable, the airline claimed it was unable to scale up quickly with new stations, which I interpret as couldn't find people willing to work three days a week for four hours and done a reasonable to, job.
0: Yeah. To run a flight out of yeah, you know, wherever.
2: Yeah. To do a turn, right? Like you gotta be there three hours before the flight arrives and it takes 30 minutes to do the turn and then you leave. Like it's, it's a terrible part-time job, especially if you're the only, like one of the only airlines or whatever. So there's just not enough. It's not like you can work at a ground handling agent that you then overflow to the other airline or whatever else in these smaller towns where there's at least vaguely an eight hour day. So that didn't help. Uh, and then they also claimed that they were unable to secure aircraft for growth
0: E-145s are hard to come by?
2: So that was my question as well, Um, and got some interesting data. One of those data points is that apparently around the same time this was all unfolding, JSX bought Mm -hmm. 47 of them. So apparently not that hard to come by if you're willing to pay, but who knows? Uh, Also, there's been some issues apparently with engine overhauls, and so airlines... Like, there's a backlog to get the maintenance done on the engines. So, airlines are apparently buying the planes that have engines with cycles available and swapping them into their frames. So, while they wait to get their regular engines replaced or repaired, whatever, overhauled, Mm -hmm. uh, inspected, and whatnot, which is a sort of normal part of doing business, but that you have to do those overhauls. But they they don't have, like, they can't find enough planes, or they can't get the engine scheduled, so they're just buying new planes to do it. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it comes from a reliable source. I haven't seen the data on it, but it's pretty crazy.
0: That is that is a little weird, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um,
2: then the other thing about the pilots, I mentioned that sort of long furlough list. There's has been a change in the way some of the airlines are dealing with, uh, I'm going to be careful how I phrase this, uh, seniority. And I'm going to use the word wrong because it's it's not seniority forbidding, but from a, a longevity, right? When your, your pay scale as a pilot is based on how long you've worked at the company. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Piedmont and possibly Envoy as well have a new clause in their contract that pilots who come over from a distressed airline, i.e. out of business like AHA slash ExpressJet, get to keep their longevity. So you you flew for 15 years at ExpressJet, you're a first year at Piedmont or Envoy or whatever, you get paid as though you have your 15 years. And that's huge for pilots.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. (laughs)
2: But that doesn't count for bidding? But it doesn't count for bidding, I think.
1: Interesting. Okay,
2: right. And somewhat right. It's better. It's better than nothing. It's not perfect, but um,
0: yeah. I mean, I guess it's. I guess it's good if you're coming from one of these distressed airlines to kind of keep uh, some of that pay, the pay scale for yeah. yourself. That that so you don't go down and pay just because you got hired by an airline that couldn't manage its finances, or, like,
2: quote unquote, you, you end up in quote unquote the wrong airline and that screws you.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
2: It's it's super interesting to me that they're doing it that way. It's also, I mean, going to cost the airlines a little bit of money, but also, I mean, you mentioned. Dropping in salary and whatever, like at this point, dropping to be a first-year pilot wouldn't actually necessarily cost you that much. in a bunch of these regionals, yeah. like pay scale, is through the roof. Mesa is the latest one to go seventy because rate, because they're so whatever.
0: desperate.
2: Yeah, like so, like they went from forty something dollars an hour for first-year first
1: officers to over a, to a hundred, wow. something like that. Is a huge jump. But how do they reconcile this with the existing contracts they have? Where do they get the fill the delta? The existing contracts yeah.
2: Um, for Mesa, I'm not sure the Piedmont Nonvoy, and whatever, those are all owned by American already. Mm-hmm. So American can agree to pay itself more money, essentially. Right. Um, and Vasu Raja, who's chief revenue officer now, he keeps getting promoted. It's impressive. Uh, has a had an interview he did with Skift where he basically said, oh, we expect to have higher yields, uh, on those flights where we're able to continue operating. So we should be able to make up the difference, which basically means they're going to raise fares to
0: cover their costs. At least, at least he's honest. Just to yeah, I give him credit for that. <laughs> um, so moving on to some routes, oh, Qantas is going to do something they've done before, but not in a while, right? Well,
2: not this specific route, but they're going to come back to JFK. Yep, they've flown that for a long time, right up until early COVID, and then stopped it. Uh, they're going to route me to Auckland instead of Los Angeles. Interesting. So, I thought
0: they, I thought there used to be a flight on Qantas via Auckland. I, it was to L.A.
2: It was to L.A. Yeah, I not think. from JFK. Okay. Yeah, I mean, up until recently, there were no planes that could do Auckland JFK reasonably. So. Gotcha. reasonably, but i
0: I mean, does this make sense from like a feed perspective, right? Because they there's so much Trans-Tasman traffic already that they can just say, oh, we're picking up passengers in Auckland or people who are just going, going O&D between Sydney and Auckland. They just hop on this flight and we just sell a few extra seats.
1: I think I'd rather connect in auckland than l a any day <laughs> if, right yeah if you're com- so this is what I'm
2: saying if I'm coming from Sydney, if I'm coming from Brisbane, if I'm coming from Melbourne, which are the three that should feed it well, completely agree um yeah. and that's mostly because there's such a thing as international transit there. You don't have to do like the downside is then when you get to j f k you have to clear immigration at j f k but you don't have to deal with it at l a and then go into like back into the gate area and whatever It's I think that it's probably better that way. I think they probably are less likely to have passenger left behind because someone got stuck in immigration for an hour
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and have to rebook them. But, you know, someone raised the question of sort of seat utilization and how many they can sell. They do have fifth freedom rights or it's not fifth freedom. They have local traffic rights on all of the uh, Sydney to or all the Australia to Auckland flights. Yeah. They don't have local traffic rights on LA to JFK. That would been cabotage. So they, they want to, you know, one of the arguments is now they can sell all those seats. But if I looked at it, I mean, they used a 787... Back in twenty nineteen or early twenty twenty, before the route died, it was at like seven eighty seven. Also, so it's the same number of seats, right? Mm-hmm. So they were trying to sell the two hundred and thirty or whatever it is seats on that plane from L A to J F K. So you have to sell that many seats to J F K from your three major Australian cities. You still have to do that. And now, if you're flying it empty or half empty to J F K, it's way more inefficient, right? Yeah. It's like it costs you more to do that.
1: In a sense. Sometimes they ran a three thirty on that route, but they also had didn't they also run Auckland. Uh, L.A., so it would be four cities? But they're not running Auckland, L.A. right now. I don't think so. Okay. But, but back when they did L.A. JFK? Oh, yeah.
2: Yes. But, uh, yeah. So, at least for part of it, they did. I'm just I I'm thinking about it, and it's like, you're trying to feed, you know, to get to 200-ish seats filled on this JFK flight. Are you going to fill them that much more quickly or much more easily via Auckland than you will L.A.? And, like, the same thing, like, th- those are going to then fill up seats on your arguably your otherwise should be full trans Tasman flights Mm
0: -hmm.
2: versus your your long hauls. I mean, there's, there's less long haul capacity right now in and out of LA. I think they're down one flight for the summer 23 schedule, which is where this starts, but it's also only three days a week instead of the old LA flight was daily. So that may help with some of the costs. I don't know, but it's a, obviously, and, and Oh, by the way, air New Zealand is flying the other three days a week. Uh, starting this fall plus there's obviously one day not because three to three it's not seven
0: so what are they flying to la right now like are they doing an a380 again
2: there is now an a380 back to sydney um
0: like some of the and some of the schedule right like it's not all the time but it's
2: i think it's i think it's daily last i looked um and then i know one of i think brisbane's a 787 and i forget what uh melbourne has
0: I I'm wondering from like a turn perspective, too, if this is maybe easier for, for them, um, just having to have, I mean, I'm guessing it's going to take the no- same number of airplanes, right, to run this, that it did to take, to run the LA JFK flight and back, or does it take yeah. one less?
1: I mean, you have to remember that LA, they have a maintenance space. Oh, so they, they always, they often had an extra plane there. Just because, in case. Yeah, you know, because they were doing maintenance. Gotcha. I, I mean, I think this is really just a, th- steal some of the thunder from Air New Zealand. Like a marketing thing, yeah.
0: I mean, it could, totally could be. I could, I could see that too. Um, but at the same time, they didn't do it before when New Zealand announced that flight, right? Like when they originally announced Newark to Auckland, they didn't. No one yeah. seemed to bat an eye.
1: Yeah, I mean, for Sydney traffic though, right? You can either connect to L.A. or you could even connect in Dallas. Yep. You know, you've got some options. Um, yeah, you know, d- to break against the mold, right? Would be doing something like Auckland JFK, like okay, Auckland no. L.A.
2: Yeah, Melbourne's a 787-9, Brisbane's a 330 right now. Let me see what it is for next
0: summer when this actually happens.
1: Yeah, they, they used to do Brisbane and Auckland on the 330, and one of those used to do with the LA JFK run. Yeah.
0: So they had an Auckland-LA flight before, Yes. saying. Okay, that's where I got confused. Got it.
1: Uh, next
2: summer, currently filed, LA gets... A, this is weird. So next June, I'm seeing... Daily flights Brisbane on a three three two. Daily flights um, Melbourne on a three eighty. Double daily L.A. Uh, sorry, double daily Sydney on a three eighty. And Melbourne, Melbourne was a seven eight nine, and ups to a three eighty starting next June. So wow. And L.A. Ha- actually, L.A. has a couple seven eights also, plus the double daily three eighty. So uh, yeah, it's going to be back to a lot of capacity,
0: but. I mean, you, you think about it though too. They can still, they can still sell the uh, people. Really want to go through LA, right? They can sell the connection on American if they wanted, right? Like that's yeah. They have a, a co-chair. Mean, my honestly.
2: guess is just, and sorry, there's not a 77 out of Sydney. I don't know where I got that from. I'm having trouble reading. Um, where my guess would be is that they're seeing opportunities to sell more nonstop traffic to and from LA, or to connect mm-hmm. it with a higher value connection on American or Alaska short haul, mm-hmm. right? West Coast stuff, um, and then. They think they can pick up a tiny bit of local market in Auckland, but it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, it should be interesting. Um, JetBlue has had some uh, A321LR delays. Uh, More delays. We were, we were going we to get a uh, new international route, weren't we? Wasn't that like the rumor?
2: So there's supposed to be a new international route announced before the end of the year that'll start at next first half of next year, so summer season um, at some point. It seems like they're still planning to announce that, but the delayed aircraft deliveries are not helping things. Um, And in the latest scenario, so earlier this summer, one of the, one of the planes was delayed. It meant that they couldn't launch the Boston service quite as quickly as they wanted because they Mm -hmm. didn't have enough planes. And they actually delayed the Boston service a month um, to both Gatwick and Heathrow or three weeks, something like that. Uh, The latest delay came late enough in the sort of sales cycle that they had already started selling a second daily Gatwick flight that this new plane was going to operate. And, because of slot rules, they've already sort of committed to it. They can't not operate it or they lose their slot and they, you know, those are hard to come by and you don't want to piss off the company, the whatever, the regulator who allocates them. So they're going to operate it with a A321 Neo instead with the mint configuration, which is not that big a deal except where it is. All right. So its right? so it has got 16 business class seats and mint seats instead of 24. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got 30 extra economy seats, but it doesn't have ovens in the back. Oh. So they can't do hot meals in economy, oh. and so while they're marketing about the big meals, which are like the build-your-own on the IFE system, you click and tap what you want, and then they serve you this lovely hot meal. Which when I took it on the inaugural flight was delicious. Gotta say it was really good food, but they're still advertising it, but not actually going to be able to serve it for these passengers. Wow. That's
0: a big deal, I think.
2: Yeah, and that goes from October 29th or whatever that Saturday is through all of November and like the first week or two of uh, December. So it's like a six week lag.
0: So are they consistently flying that plane on that one, that added flight? Is It that...
2: seems to be, that's the plan.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
2: From the schedule. Yeah. And it they've, they've acknowledged the delays. They've acknowledged what's going on. So it's, you know, they're not trying to hide it except that they haven't updated the sort of like the details when you click on, you know, what's amenities are available on the flight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's one of those things where it's kind of hard to distinguish anyways, right? Like if you're on this flight number, you're going to get, you know, people don't pay attention to that crap. Yeah. So um, tell me about Play and uh, Dulles.
2: Play is going to fly to Dulles. Oh, that's it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is they're, they're <laughs> be
2: computer- their, fourth, their fourth destination in the United States. Uh, right next door to their flights at BWI, uh, continuing to expand into to match the Iceland area route map quite nicely.
0: I'm guessing this is on a max
2: uh they're a 321 operator
0: that's right that's right or
2: 320 and 321 but it'll be yeah one of those
0: and this is in april 2023 that's interesting to me because it's not really I'm, I'm guessing they're prepping for like summer season yeah with that but it's not it's definitely not the summer there yet so
2: no you're starting up but i mean it's definitely a little early to start but you know it's part of that it comes down to when can you get planes and when can you get the kinks worked out of your operation and you know you'd like to be running smoothly when peak season hits yep as evidenced by literally every airline trying to fly a transatlantic this summer, not
0: is—is uh, <laughs> <laughs> is there really? I mean, this much demand because they're not really connecting people, are they? Like, like well, Iceland Air is. Uh,
2: they sort of are, and so oh, that's the thing. Okay. Part of the problem is, and I say problem. Part of the situation is that their version of connections aren't as robust or smooth as what Iceland Air has, mm-hmm. and that's just, it's a small fleet. Right? They don't have enough planes to fly all of their continental Europe destinations every day, so. Right. I think if I, when I wanted to go use them to get to Stansted, when I thought I was still gonna go to the Farnborough Air Show last month, month before, I mean, just last month, wow. Um, it was gonna be like I could only fly two days a week or three days a week. It's not daily service on all of the routes. And so that makes it hard. Yeah. Um, but they're moving slowly, you know, deliberately we'll say, uh, to add the aircraft and get there. So who
0: knows? Yeah. Yeah, it's something to watch out for. Yeah. They,
2: um, unlike AHA, they haven't gone bankrupt
0: yet. Yeah, this is true. Uh, although, although uh, you know, thinking about it, we should go like listen to our old episodes when we mentioned AHA at the beginning and see who actually predicted them going out of business did, and when that would happen.
2: Did we have an
1: over underline that be. Fun. I
0: feel like we. I feel like we did. I'll go. I'll go find it.
1: I was going to say it's probably all three of us that thought they were going to fail. <laughs> the question when. was when. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Denver concessions travel budget. This was an interesting story in the Denver Post, um, Seth. So I'll let you take it from here. But I I thought it was great. What would you like about it? I I just – I find – I always find stories about how much it costs to eat in an airport fascinating because it's so different everywhere you go. Like it's just – it's vastly different from airport to airport. And this is
2: a little bit about cost to eat but also just cost to get to the airport. And like Denver especially is – rather far out of town. And so the story comes around. There's a yogurt mission. Yogurt concession uh, is now giving its employees a stipend each month. I guess it's supposed to cover the train or parking or Mm -hmm. a bus or something, but they're trying to help out without raising salaries, which good news, bad news there. Right. But they're basically offering their employees a stipend for transportation to get out to the airport because they recognize that work at the airport kind of sucks or commuting to have to to commute to work at the airport kind
1: of sucks. Yeah, so, I mean, I, one, I, could pretty, one could simplify that statement: to airports just generate suck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Faz, are you losing the love?
1: I, I've lost the love a long time ago. <laughs> a little. There's a twinkle in my eye come the fall, but by the time uh, June rolls around, it's gone. <laughs> oh, it's summer travel sucks. Let's like that's very <laughs> clear.
0: So, so I mean, part of this though, too, to me is they probably get a little bit of a write-off for offering this.
1: It's considered right? a business expense, so they must. Yeah, right. But it's but still now, what, even what, if, even if, as a write off, you still lose money in that.
0: True. True. It still costs you money. Yeah,
1: you get twenty yeah. percent back or thirty percent, whatever your income
2: tax rate is back, but like not all of it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's nice. Um, yeah, I was I was actually I actually picked up a friend the other night from the airport um, who had been in Denver, and he was like, Man, "That airport is it's it's out there." I'm like, "Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere." <laughs>
1: yeah. What's funny is if you went there in the late nineties, shortly after it opened, it really there was nothing out there. Now when you go out there, there's at least a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't There's like restaurants so and
0: hotels. Hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like there even the warehouses, right? Along seventy, those didn't exist.
0: <laughs> You're just in a field.
1: You literally like You were. I mean You were, yeah. The first time I landed, I'm like, where the hell am I? I don't see anything for miles.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, and and but
2: that also speaks to how hard it is to build a new airport in the United States. They yeah. had to basically buy out farmland that was in the middle of nowhere to have a chance of not having neighbors complain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So. Cool story. Um, Thanks, bro. Yeah. Nigeria <laughs> has, has finally released some cash to foreign airlines, but not all of it.
2: Yeah. So I a, every couple months puts out its report or twice a year, I think puts out a report on how much of its money is being held by central governments. And Nigeria is one of the worst offenders, uh, not the worst Venezuela, I think still is tops, but they basically, you'd think, like, I'm in business in this country. I, you know, sell some tickets. I get some income. I can repatriate those, like, this. Like, that money is mine, so I just take it with me when I leave. But the governments don't let you do that. Like, there's rules on taking the money out of these countries. And so mm-hmm. uh, Nigeria is an example. Like, there's 460 million dollars worth of airline revenue stuck because the government wasn't letting it out. And usually <laughs> the government's using it as collateral or slush fund or something to help fund other things that are broken in their governments. But there's, it's, you're sort of in a catch 22, like as an airline, you're like, okay, well, if I leave, I'm giving up and I'm never, I'm never going to get my money. Right. Yeah. Cause once I'm gone, I, they're going to say I have no claim, but also you can't keep operating or you keep losing because you like, you can keep the money that you, you get for selling the tickets outside the country, but all the tickets you're selling inside the country, you're never going to see that money. And it's really hard. It's very expensive. So uh, 265 million is going to be released, it would seem, um, which is a about half. It's a little more than half, which is a nice nod. But Emirates had apparently decided it was pulling out and started canceling off parts of its schedule. Delta, uh, still even after this was announced, has said it's dropping its JFK to Lagos flight but keeping the Atlanta service. So
1: tough situation. Well, maybe they they can use that plane to go to Ghana since they've Ghana's banned the other one. <laughs>
2: Can we talk about that for a second? How like there was just one broken plane, but Delta kept flying the same broken plane into Ghana over and over again. Yes, and then yes. the government banned them. Yep,
0: banned that plane. Not
1: just them. That, that specific tail number. So they didn't ban, ban the airline; they just banned that tail number. Yes. No, but then now they're trying to pass a law where you can't fly a, fly a plane over 20 years old in.
0: <laughs> <The> Delta's screwed. <laughs>
1: Hey, listen, they're not, trying,
2: they're not bringing their MD-80s across. the are 717s across. So it'll be okay. Uh,
1: I think this, all their 7.6s are older than 20 years. The only they plane less than 20 years are the 350s. <laughs> really three, the 330s are that old? Yeah,
2: I guess they are. God.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Don't no, I'm just trying true. to remember
2: when Northwest started taking delivery of their 330s. I was scheduled to fly on one of their... Bra- it's not quite 20 years, but it's close. It's 2003, Pretty... I was scheduled to be on one of their first deliveries. Yeah. To Paris. That's, that's or to Amsterdam. I missed the flight. Anyway.
0: So So... I mean this is this is good news that the money's being released but it's not all being released and right. I I feel like Delta is kind of just throwing their hands up and going all right well then we'll just we'll pull one of our flights we'll get our money and I could see them eventually pulling the JFK flight or sorry not JFK uh,
1: Atlanta.
0: the the Atlanta one yeah
2: yeah maybe eventually um i, I, I like if if there's still no demand and there's, or they're still not able to generate enough revenue on this side yeah um yeah. They'll have to but there's i don't know the the, the sort of cost calculations that go into running a flight where you know you're never going to get half the money out is extra complicated.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's got to be frustrating for them. Um, so Frontier is announcing a new hub slash crew base in Phoenix and has announced a bunch of new routes out of Phoenix.
2: Ten new destinations. Exciting, right?
0: That, I mean, good for them, I guess. Yeah. So, it's. I was going to announce the routes real quick. Philly, Baltimore, Orange County, uh, Seattle, Minneapolis, Portland, Fort Lauderdale, Nashville, Indianapolis, Kansas City.
2: Yeah, so... Uh... A lot of new routes, uh, some of them are daily Some of them are like 2-3x to three X weekly So we'll see how well that competes But all of them have competition Usually from Southwest and American Or American, one of the two at least mm-hmm. And that's a lot uh, To be adding But I mean, at this point uh, Frontier has clearly recognized Okay, if we're not getting Spirit, we're just going to do our own thing And expand as much as we want everywhere we can
0: Yeah, and, and, and opening up a crew base In Phoenix, right Is, is kind of a commitment yeah. Say, I mean, they're saying we're going to be here for a while.
2: Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, probably going to continue to grow. So yeah. it, it, it'll be... I'm I'm intrigued to see, right, with Denver just up the way with, as one of their biggest hubs, does Phoenix become a connecting flow sort mm. of situation or just uh, nonstop traffic going to, you know, origin destination passengers? Um, that'll be an interesting question to answer, right? Because American has a massive amount of capacity in in Phoenix and uses it for a lot of its connecting, like United uses Denver Mm -hmm. frontier sort of does some connections at Denver, but not all. And Southwest is somewhere in between actually at both. So.
0: Yeah. 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 I I mean, I thought you know frontier used to use Denver as like a very heavy connecting airport, but it seems like that's really kind of dropped off as they picked up more of this point to point type flying. Um, But I think they still do it. Um, would Phoenix be more useful for them? I don't know. That's, that's that's a more that's an interesting question, right? Like, I see some of these routes on here, like Baltimore to Orange County via Phoenix. Mm, okay, maybe I see it more as like that's an O and D market. So yeah. So and
2: I haven't looked entirely at the flight timings on all these yet. So that'll be the other factor.
1: It'll probably be better in the summer in the winter
0: mm, than trying to go through Denver. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: interesting but stuff. Have, but they're gonna have their fancy new ground gates.
0: Oh yeah. Okay, I forgot about those.
2: <laughs> they uh, just started construction a couple weeks ago. Uh,
0: yes. Can we really call them gates? Can we just call it like ground tents that you go out into to board your plane?
2: If only there was a tent. <laughs>
0: um, So Finnair is doing some uh, interesting pushing of traffic to Doha. They announced a, a partnership with uh, Doha and, and Qatar Airlines. Uh, and uh, what, what's the deal with this?
2: Oh, Russian airspace is still closed, so you can't fly efficiently from Helsinki to Asia. Yep. Um, So daily service from November to Stockholm, Copenhagen, and Helsinki down to Doha. Um, That's part of a, they're calling it a strategic commercial partnership, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. Um, Details remain to be seen, but maybe good? Maybe? Hard to say.
0: But as part of this, like they're cutting some U.S. service too, right?
2: I didn't see that, but I wouldn't. I guess so.
0: I think part of it is they're cutting some of the one-offs. I mean,
2: the one-offs from Stockholm or Copenhagen? Yeah, yeah.
0: The, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think Chicago, Stockholm goes away. Yeah,
2: uh, probably is way smarter. I mean, yeah. those markets were always thin to begin with, and especially... Right, SAS was having trouble supporting them on its own. Then you get in with competition. That was even harder. But
0: Yeah. That's um, yeah, it's an interesting th- it's an interesting play. I mean, having a partnership, it'll be. I wonder how much they're going to sell connecting. I guess the Finns during the cold months like to go to warm destinations, like most of us. Yeah. So,
2: well, so, but the, the, I think your point about the onward connections is really interesting, right? the The original sort of operation was super efficient Helsinki hub, convenient to Asia. Now it's all of those short haul flights that used to feed the long haul to Asia. It's going to be very inefficient for those to feed. Doha to get to somewhere else, yeah. and how much traffic is there really going to from Doha or from those countries to the places where Doha is the efficient connection? Mm. And admittedly, with Russian airspace closed, like all of the European airlines have terrible options to get to Asia, so you kind of have to go through the Middle East. But how is that going to play out long term? Like, it's hard for me to see this as a good long term solution, as opposed to well, World Cup traffic there should be a spike, and so we'll grab that that uh, demand, and then figure out what happens in a few months and hope that something sorts out with Russia. Maybe.
0: Yeah. I don't see this as a
2: long-term solution to anything. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Calling it, calling it a, an efficiency or trying to spin it in a salesy way. Yeah. Probably not going to work. Yeah. So you never know. Uh, for our Patreon subscribers, we're going to talk a little bit about Dublin. Um, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Alaska, uh, actually a lot about Alaska. Um, and, uh, everything. the
2: airline and the state.
0: Yes. So uh, stick around for that if you're a Patreon subscriber. If not, uh, thanks for listening to the show, and we'll talk to you next time. Happy travels. Take care. Bye-bye.